Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 187 of the Beakers Friendly Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emelson. And joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And uh, this week, it's mostly a light news week, except mostly. for the, the, the one bit of particularly heavy news. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so it's not so much like big wow news, but big wow adjacent unpleasant news. So, yeah. uh, but we'll get to that in a, in a couple minutes. Before we get into that, um, I have more unpleasant news. Oh, no. I still have not killed Tindril. Oh, it's a uh, ouch. It's a uh, it's been an adventure. Uh, we we crossed the 500 pole mark on Friday. We are now at 502 poles. Uh, fun fact, multi-report analysis for Warcraft logs has a 500 pole limit, and that's the first time I've actually seen that warning. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you can always up that right from the inside. You can always, <laughs> you always tick that up a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I assume um, there's no ill consequences to that. Oh, I'm sure it wouldn't do terrible things. Yeah, yeah. no way. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's still not dead. Uh, don't have a lot more to say about it because honestly, we're still dying to the same things, um, which is frustrating. But you know, we had we have had to come back with we had a six percent wipe last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got to like seven minutes, 15 seconds, uh, we had a couple DPS dead midway through that phase three. So like probably weren't killing it there, mm-hmm. but it was clear that we did not have enough single target damage at that point. So we had to come in Friday with more single target damage, um, which did necessitate relearning some things about, you know, root damage. I think that's one thing that maybe we, we messed up on was, um, waiting too long to pull people off of it because that changes how uh you know our demon hunters and warlocks that are carrying the root damage kind of have to play Mm -hmm. um so yeah but i think i think you got it this i think you got it tonight i think go in there fresh head fresh mind (laughs) a little bit of positivity yeah just gotta gotta you know good mental play good Uh, exactly. Don't, don't walk out of the mushrooms before they explode. You know all the good things. <sighs> yeah. Don't don't have your tank die at half a percent or two percent and scream for someone to jump on a mushroom. That's what that's what happened. Our, our kill, oh actually. no. <laughs> yeah. Our, actually, on our kill attempt, our, Argo, our our main tank dies and just screams like red mushroom and like two DPS jump in it and then we had another mushroom after that that was green. A rogue cloaked inside of it. Yeah. Um. And luckily, we literally lived like five people alive but it was a yeah it was an intense last 30 seconds on our kill so or 10 <laughs> seconds so yeah um it feels like 30 seconds yeah no yeah it was a it was a yeah fire was fire was it was interesting it was long or sorry not fire tindril um speaking of yeah, fire though how is cool. your uh fire frog still the worst boss i've ever done progressed whatever you want to call it um no it's we have we are consistently seeing um the phase one intermission um my guild is extremely bad at two things, counting and colors, uh, which are pretty important <laughs> in the intermission. Um, now, so we've um, we figured out our add-on issue or weak or issues. So everybody knows about the macro. We're hitting it. We're getting better at that. But what we're um, 
we're sort of not consistently getting through the first intermission. Uh, we gotten probably like, I'd say maybe three times uh, this week, got through that and got the CP2 and, and the ads and some of the damage there. But um, yeah, we're just, we're bad if one side, one of the, one side of the sort of arc you form gets overloaded with a color. It means mm-hmm. like of that color, we're going to sort of have to look a little bit for Like if it's the left side gets four reds instead of, you know, three and three. Just means like more people have yeah. to look that are red have to look at that side. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I mean, Firac is just it's unfun, like in terms of being a healer, because like all of your highest damage moments are typically when you have to move, you have to dispel on cooldown every mm-hmm. eight seconds. Um, you know, it's it's and if you're behind on dispels, we basically have two points to catch up because we have a revival and a mass dispel that can clear. You know, most of them. Um, we use those around the dream rends, but like if we fall yeah. behind, you know, even after that, even after the first dream rend, if someone's late on their dispel, it just means someone's getting 10 stacks and they're, yeah. you know, in danger from a wildfire or something like that. So yeah, no, it's, um, it's just not, it's not like, I would say it's not a fun healing fight, um, to do. Um, and I'm, we're, I'm at a disadvantage as like a misweaver because most of my healing requires me to stand still. Yeah. Most of the healing I want to do is during dream rend and I have to move. What's your augmentation situation like? So we have two. We only have two. And both of those, so the disc priest is using them. Our disc ah, is using see, them. See, this is the part where you have to just bully your disc priest harder. <laughs> no, I, I should, but it's uh, it's better if he gets them for those points. I can play around it slightly, so a little bit. But um, but no, other than that, it's been very getting very consistent at P1. So we're seeing the intermission almost every pull now, which is which nice. is good. Um. And so it's, yeah, other than that, it's just been Fire Act Prague. So just can't wait for the first round of nerfs to come in. And then then we'll go forward with that because it's Hall just... Hall of Fame still not closed, right? I have not so, hit no. 200 yet. What are, we, what are we up to? The Tindril nerfs have not yet trickled down through uh, the Hall of Fame kind of people. So... Yeah. Um, let's see. How many how many kills do we have for this, this for Fire Act? We're getting close though. I think we were over 150. Yeah, we're over we're at 161 now as of uh 5 a.m. Eastern this morning. Somebody nice. somebody killed it uh at 161 a.m. in the Oceanic region. Nice, nice. Sorry, not 161 a.m. That's a, not a timestamp. 541 a.m. <laughs> yeah. At rank 161. Nice. So another another 40-ish slots, and then we'll see. Yeah, I mean it's I don't know. I think they waited too long on the on the Tindal nerfs, and because like, what isn't it that like the stat I saw was like more guilds have killed it post Tindal nerf than killed it pre Tindal nerf, like just within the week that it's been in place or something ridiculous. I mean, that's a great question. I don't actually know. I do know, like, I can I can pull up the uh, that is the case on Prog stats. Prog stats has more recorded kills after nerf than before the nerf, but that's yeah. not a f- a complete sample. Mm-hmm. Um. Generally, uh, the higher end guilds are more likely to, to private log, so they don't show up as often on prog stats. Like they can, but they have mm-hmm. to opt into it as opposed to you know some rando pulling up their logs. Right, right, um, right. So I don't know that that necessarily translates to um, overall, and it's a bit of a pain in the rear to look up on Warcraft logs. So I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> no, that's fine. But no, yeah, it's just I mean. We'll we'll see how the end of this tier goes. It's been a it's been a slog, I'll say so far. And and Firek just is I mean, I think DPS probably enjoy Firek a lot more. It's a lot more interesting, but yeah. 
it's uh as a healer it's not not uh not exciting i'll say not exciting at all yeah um, i'm i'm looking forward to it I, I i think i'm looking forward to it and i don't have to dispel every eight seconds so you know i don't have that to deal with yeah that's that's uh it makes the fight uh invariably extremely enjoyable if you're not hitting a single button every eight seconds you have to hit so yeah yeah god um but yeah we'll see i mean hopefully you guys get tinder tonight and then you get to have your healers experience what is arguably the worst mechanic they've ever put in a game in the game um yeah i mean i would I, to be fair i would rather go back and progress stone legion generals than than do fire Rock at this point so um, that's a that's a tall bar <laughs> it's high um, bar to heat hit it, it's rough it's rough um but cool i guess maybe we can we'll, we'll transition a little bit get into some of the the news or goings on over the past week and um i guess we can't uh you want to start with the the unpleasant news and then yeah. we'll, we'll go on some of the other stuff after I think that's a fair point. So yeah, so some unpleasant news uh, was out today or out earlier this week where it was announced that Microsoft, um, which is now the owners of Activision Blizzard, are laying off about 1,900 employees um, across not only Activision Blizzard, but some of their other studios such as ZeniMax and then actually from their core Xbox uh, divisions. Um, so that equated 1,900 people, about 8% of their workforce, which is a, which is a sizable amount. Um, I think at Blizzard, a lot of the roles were in, what was it, like their their community management teams, right? Their Community management, um, which includes GMs and things like that, uh, people mm -hmm. doing community support. Um, it, there is a lot from what I have heard. Uh, they basically laid off the entire team that was working on their survival game. Mm -hmm. We had had a little bit of information, but not a lot about, um, including people that are like a little bit, like they didn't, lay off just the to be completely callous more fungible roles like software engineers just right like, yeah some of like the yeah but they also laid off some of the more specialized ones too which mm -hmm. is really odd to me um and they uh also hit sounds like a lot of diablo 4 and overwatch 2 neither of which have had the greatest launch yeah I saw a weird number where like Diablo three season might've had more people playing it than Diablo four season launch. <laughs> um, it's, I actually, so I guess we could talk about Diablo four in a little bit. I've been playing the, the season. I, but gotcha. it, it's, yeah, we can talk about that later. Um, it's, uh, doesn't sound like they hit wow too hard. Um, but yeah. there, there is also the thing, um, it sounds like communication of this was also really mismanaged internally. Like oh, people yeah. that I know that work at Blizzard found out about the layoffs from people pinging them after the announcement, asking if they were okay. Not from internal emails. Yeah. Not from internal announcements. Yep. Right. Um, and in some cases it sounds like that there were, um, many hours in between the public announcement and people actually finding out if they had been laid off. Yeah. Which sucks, which is... but that it's not a, it's not uncommon for a large corporation. I mean, even in my own personal experience with my real life job, like my CEO announced cuts on an earnings call and oh then six or seven months later, 
people just got a got a call one morning that says, "Yep, your role is being eliminated the end of next month." Uh, so, like, it took six months of people not knowing if they were getting fired, knowing that's that these playoffs are coming. That's actually honestly, know, yeah, <laughs> that makes so Blizzard or Microsoft look a lot better, but it's oh, yeah. still shitty. Oh, it's shitty in, in any regard. But I think it's just that's just a unfortunately a, a an issue of corp large corporations just like trying yeah. to get and trying to get ahead of the external news before you take care of like your internal employees right yeah um control the narrative that way so yeah i mean i think to be fair like you always expect and just this again i'm trying not not trying to be mean about this but anytime you do some any sort of corporate merger there's always a some sort of reduction right because there's going to be duplicative roles that like yeah. think about it just very easily like there's an hr team at activision blizzard and there's an, and there's HR, an team hr team at microsoft team at- microsoft yeah. like the HR team yeah. at Microsoft might take a handful of those people from the HR team at Activision Blizzard, but they're not going to take everybody because they don't yeah. need everybody to support. Yeah. So, yeah, no, there's there's definitely some redundancy in roles, which sucks, but um, 1900 is a lot. 1900s is a lot, and it's also it's a like, cross. How, how do you what's what redundancy is there between you know Blizzard's unannounced survival game and other teams? <laughs> Right. I, I th- like, so to be fair, I think the unannounced survival game just was never getting out, and Microsoft finally made the decision, being like, "Yeah, we're done here. Like, we're not." I, I mean, that that's possible. A, that is yeah. possible. There was like Titan that you know was unannounced forever, th- yeah, behind the scenes and turned into like Overwatch, um, and then you know portrayed with Overwatch too. But you know, yeah, yeah. No, it's not just a in general a, a bad situation over there, at Blizzard. I will say that at least for the people that I'm close to that that work there they're they are all safe but most yeah. of them are in like they're in like art department and design so like they yeah i mean seem like they the were not old, hit basically the only people i know are on the wow side uh okay so yeah. and it does sound like the wow side didn't get hit particularly hard which is um both like that's externally validated from what people have been posting on like twitter mm-hmm. um so that's good they got a good product I guess, but it also they got the three best MMOs out right now, bud. Come on, <laughs> what? Uh, wow, Wow Classic, Wow Wow Season of Discovery. Is that the exactly. three? Exactly, that's the three, oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah it it just sucks. It especially sucks. One of the things that I think is really awkward is people were generally excited about you know the merger yeah. because it would mean the removal of body bobby Kotick, yeah right and people were hopeful that that would mean things would be better um for for active Blizz. and a month later two thousand people lose their jobs yeah yeah no it's definitely i mean i i don't i think it's there's a there's no such thing as like a good corporation when it comes to like the individual right yeah. so like no matter who the boss is, like definitely there are some worse people to lead a company than others. But like Microsoft is still, you know, a you know three trillion dollar company with you know yeah. Xbox being, I would say, a fairly small part of that number, right? Like it's not an yeah. insignificant amount, but it's not it's not Microsoft's like services division, which is you know a massive. Yeah. Thing. So one of the one of the things I wanted to touch on as well. So Mike Yavara, uh leaving the company as well. Um, yes. Another leader that was one of the original co-founders that had come back to the company is now leaving again. Um, I don't think that their Alan story is as, is as interesting as Mike Ybarra's, who had said to a reporter at BlizzCon that uh, they would have to be 
uh, dragged out of Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean. And now they're leaving. Yeah, I think. And I mean, I, you might know this better than I do. People have been commenting that like this may be that he was he's leaving and he was just given the ability to say he was leaving and is actually being eliminated as a duplicate role, like you were saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I think so the way that, that Microsoft had come out during their trial with a couple of diagrams for how it would be structured. So there still would have been a place for like a studio head, like for yeah. a, a Mike Ybarra role, I feel like. I think I think I remember that. I don't know. It's tough to say with with Mike in terms of like whether it was his decision or whether it was a decision he was told he could make, right? Like, he, like hey, right. you can make this decision or we can just let you go. Like you can either, you yeah. know, leave amicably. Like I think a lot of executives, they'll do it this way. So, yeah. I mean, I think I can see it go either way. I think the other thing too is like with, with Mike, I'm wondering if as, a, as they got, as he got more details about how they're going to structure, like the reporting structure of who reports to who and where, you know, yeah. Blizzard fits into the larger Microsoft machine. He's just like, yeah, I've, I've done this before. I'm not a fan. Because, I mean, yeah, like, we talked about this. Mike came from Microsoft. He actually puts this right. in this tweet. Like, he spent 20 years at Microsoft, came up through the, you know, actually, I think it was through the Windows ranks and then moved over. And into I think Xbox. when he left, he was, like, head of all third-party studios at Xbox. So, like, yeah. anytime they had a third-party studio come in and do some work, like, he led that, that arrangement or that relationship. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a... It, I, I think it could have gone either way, um, but yeah, that is an interesting quote from like I think it was what Schreier talked to him, Jason Schreier yeah, talked Jason, to him at Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably one of those things where like at the time he's like, once everybody's seen seem gung ho and be like, yeah, we like this idea, and then behind the scenes he's like, dude, I'm gone no matter what. Like, yeah, I, I, he's like, I, he might have already had his marching orders at that point. He's just trying to save yeah. some PR face. So, yeah, that's. I mean, it sucks to lose Mike because I think he, at least in terms of community perception made it seem like he was a part of like he he was a person who played games and also then also happened to run a game company and there was yeah. a little bit of like connection there um just in terms of like even if he couldn't like he's not gonna like get survival hunter buffed right even if you yell yeah. at him in like his twitch chat but like he'll still be like well we can you know we'll send your feedback to the team like basically do like the pr move and be like yeah we'll yeah. talk about it so yeah now he's a uh, it sucks to lose him i wonder where he ends up but um it's also like the the layoff specifically impacting the Diablo four and um, and Overwatch two teams, uh, notably, I did not hear anything about them impacting the Diablo Immortal team, which is interesting. Um, well, when you print money in, <laughs> yeah, it's easy not to get your team fired. Like. Yeah, um, it it also sucks because though I I can't speak for Overwatch two as much, but like Diablo four rough launch rough first season they've made a lot of good strides over the past couple of seasons it is significantly better it's still they're missing something especially from the seasonal element like mm -hmm. i played this season um and the first like 30 levels were kind of a slog and i think a lot of people would bounce off of it um yeah. because like i was i played ball lightning sorcerer last season which was coincidentally just like the best build in the game still the best build in the game mm -hmm. um but i'm playing meteor sorcerer this time around and it just like the first 30 levels were just like kind of slow and miserable because you don't have anything to make your build good yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i mean from what i so i've literally only i only leveled to max level in the opening i don't even yeah. think i played the first season right and i think yeah. the 
the biggest issue I had with the game was just on the build side was that nothing they seem to lean heavily into builder spender and like yeah. that is not in terms of other ARPGs that's yeah. not the way like and that's, that's not the way um, people want to play like that's actually not, part of the issue earlier on that I was yeah. running into is is builder spender but once you start getting legendaries you can break that and you can yeah. break out of it because you have a bunch of resource generation from legendary effects. Like I, I have one, I'm playing Meteor. It roots people when they get hit. And mm-hmm. when I crowd control anything, including rooting them, yep. um, I get mana back. So if I hit a crowd of enemies with a Meteor, then it basically refunds itself. Right, so I yeah. can just cast Meteor. And the same thing with like the Ball Lightning build last, last season, um, there was a bunch of mana gain effects from like, different things so you could just spam it but the it doesn't work like that earlier on and it takes a while to get to the point that it does work like that so you you have this kind of slog early on where yeah. things slow and they're a little bit damage spongy and um your build's kind of not working and then you you eventually like you cross that point where it starts to work but it takes a while to get there in contrast to like a diablo 3 season um yeah. which has a very clear uh, i think actually one of the secret successes of the diablo four three seasons is that you're guaranteed to get a set so you know that even if your luck sucks and you don't get any of the legendaries that you want as you're going you finish that season uh journey and you have a set you will have a good set you will have a good build um and that gets you started and it puts you in a place where not only is the leveling faster Mm-hmm. getting to that point is i think faster than in diablo 4 the game itself is faster overall there's a lot less damage sponginess in in diablo 3 um and at the end game of d4 i like the pacing better but it takes a long time to get there and yeah. i do not like the pacing better early in diablo 4 so yeah yeah that's that's yeah and maybe that's the diablo 4 minute we can stop there because that's been yeah. like the that's been like the rough yeah like, that's been like the rough for me to get but, into it has been based on that so but like with their teams getting significant cuts i don't know how you expect them to continue improving the game at that level yeah like is that just like the death knell for those two games yeah i don't i don't i don't know because i mean i think the the thing is is that they're still Maybe not Overwatch as much, but there is still like Diablo still has a name in the industry. Like it's still yeah. a, a strong IP, right? Yeah. And so like I think there's there's the chance that you like they can pull, you know, they can pull a D three where like, you know, take a year, take an additional year, you know, yeah. and make the game good and and come back and do a bunch of stuff. Or I mean they they do a it could be the next Doom, right? Like Doom great game but like there was there's a couple doom games there in like the early 2000s that were that trash were bad. yeah and then you get doom 2016 and that's literally just the best it's it's the best for, like it's the best first person shooter like story-wise single player wise that i've ever played because like it's literally it's so good yeah so i mean like, i, I, I go think back and play it from time to time it's so good <laughs> yeah but i think there's i think there's levels of like reducing i think reducing the team definitely hinders that but I mean, it could also be part of a strategy where, like, they will bring in now that they're a part of Microsoft. You don't need a Diablo yeah. team. You have your Diablo design team, and then you farm out, or you, you know, you send out the engineering to a different team yeah. at Microsoft, right? So, I mean, we'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. But 
yeah i would imagine at least initially there's going to be a lot of consolidation of like okay this is core what we what microsoft wants from blizzard yeah and then there can be you know an expansion potentially after that but we'll see. maybe dude here's the storm greatest greatest uh what is it what are those called damn it arpg mobus god i couldn't think of the word i was gonna say mmo but your your joke fell a little flat (laughs) i know darn it because i couldn't remember the acronym oh getting old um but no, we'll see. I mean, it's it's honestly terrible news for everybody impacted. It, it sucks to lose your job and stuff like that. But um, or not, but but I think it just sucks to lose your job. So that part yeah. is rough. And losing, you know, Mike and and even Alan. Although you know, Alan, I think played a more of a uh, an executive, like less, but more behind the scenes, less sort of upfront, you know, public yeah. role. But losing someone like that, I think. I think he's a little bit more understandable. He's like, dude, I just don't want to be part of a huge corporation. Like, yeah. <laughs> Blizzard itself was probably a little bit too large for what he wanted out of out of his job, and yeah, yeah. Um, oh, cool. All right. Well, let's let's maybe take a couple steps forward. Move on to a couple of other news items out there. Um, and keeping with the, I guess the the last couple of weeks, we've talked about interesting tools that are out there for you to get better at rating. Um, so we talked a little bit about spreadsheets and stuff like that. But this week, it's a website called Lorgs.io. Um, that if you haven't used it, basically what it does is it provides uh, the ability to look at different specs uh, and look at the top 50 parses of those specs uh, and look at their ability usage over the course of a fight. So you pick your fight, say Mythic Tindril, you pick your spec, say Misweaver Monk, and you can see the top 50 parses where they're using abilities like Invoke Ulan, Revival, um, Manatee, Shailun's Gift, and you can do that with pretty much any class, right? Any sort of healer or DPS class. So it's a good website, I feel like, to give you a baseline of when you should use some of your abilities um, and how to use them in the context of a fight. Um, there is a huge disclaimer that basically says, like, look, you may not be able to copy and paste this directly without any changes. Um, yeah. Number one, because of, say, fight timings or push timings, right, where, like, if another guild four healed and you're five healing, they might be able to push things slightly quicker. Um, yes. Or they might do a slightly different strategy where they might hold because they get better alignment later on in the fight and your team isn't doing that. Um, but in general, it gives you a good baseline understanding of, okay, how – what is a good way to use my abilities? Um, I'd say yeah. only thing for healers is, like, keep in mind that, like, sometimes – your spells are being used sometimes spells in these logs are being used uh where your team might have a different cooldown yeah. <laughs> like entered so don't just blindly follow it put some thought into it but at least it gives you a baseline of saying okay here's where they're ramping you know here's what buffs they're getting and things like that so super yeah. helpful this is i use this to help with healing cds uh we've run an, a super off meta comp this mm-hmm. season so we basically have not but like I, I, on a couple of these bosses we couldn't even find a healing comp that had two of the same healers. Like on Smolderon, um, nice. like the extent we could do is like we could find a Holy Priest plus Mistweaver log, but then the other two healers were just wild cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like we didn't have a Disc Priest and we didn't have a, a Holy Paladin. So that just cut out a lot of the early logs that we could look at. But I could find individual ones where they had, you know, a Preservation Evoker and a Rustic Druid just not together with the other things and get an idea of where those people were putting their cooldowns and use that to help setting cooldowns for, for our guild. Gotcha. Um, I also used that when I got my legendary on my DK, uh, to look at where people were using the legendary on, um, on Tindril. Uh, and, uh, 
lead, predominant strategy is actually just to send it, send it on cooldown, send it on pull, send it at two minutes, which happens to overlap with the damage taken buff or the damage buff that you get. Okay. Um, nice. And if you land quickly, you can get that on the boss HP before his shield goes up. So you get a huge amount of boss damage from that. Uh, and then it also happens to line up with the very hard set of roots that you have to break at the end of the fight. Nice. So, nice. Um, yeah, that was, it's a very useful tool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I mean, I use it particularly when, yeah, if I want to see if there's a specific thing I need to do. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, cool. Um, all right. Well, then, sorry. Uh, we uh, also, this week, finally got some uh, bind on equipment or bind on, bind on account stuff to use yeah. all of our currency on. That we're no all longer those, using on our mains. All those flight zones, I literally just sit at 2,000 every yeah. day, yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so there, um, there is a Dreaming Equipment Chest, which is a bind on equip item uh, for 350 flight stones, um, which uh, allow you to get your alt some gear. So I believe it's 441 BOA, BOA gear, bind on account gear. So get your alts up there. You can boost something and then buy them a bunch of crests and... Um, you can uh, you can get a veteran track item um, to, to upgrade and, and use for for your alt. So yeah, a nice little random addition. Um, I guess one caveat does require one thousand mythic plus score, which basically means you've walked into at least like four fifteens or something, whatever it is. Yeah, it it also very annoyingly you don't get to pick the slot. Like they've gone back and forth on this. It is a random item, which means yeah. you can buy ten and get four unique slots, which is extremely annoying. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know. at the same time, like I have, I have no further use for flight stones basically on on my main. Um, like I need, I need another like two hundred and fifty total in order to craft one more item eventually, mm-hmm. and that's it. Nice. Yeah, I can't literally cannot craft any items. Like I get yelled at for. Not having a a uh, what are those food pouch pop yeah. pocket things, but it's a downgrade to put it on any yeah. slot. Yeah, any slot. Yeah, it's great. Love love this game. I have a I have a crafted ring still, and I think there's one that's technically better from raid, but not getting it right now because we're extending. Um, yeah. And then I still have a heroic belt. I have not gotten one from the mythic plus row, oh. so I'm finally I'm gonna go in and craft one of those actually this afternoon. Nice. Um, and and get that it's just like three eye levels higher right yeah that's all, yeah. all it is unfortunately for me my best embellishment is on my ring so yeah uh which is a lovely lovely we'll say feature of blizzard where the embellishments aren't the exact same amount depending on what our uh item slot you crafted on wait really so verdant tether i believe it's 20 ish percent stronger if it's crafted on a ring versus any other Piece. why what is that on the tooltip or is that just like how it works it's how it works it's how it works what yeah i love the embellishment system so yeah we found that that's out that's going into this hell. yeah going into this tier so or this season yeah at least like for brewmaster you know you just you use the the slimy boots and then it it literally doesn't matter where you put the other embellishment because it's it actually doesn't even need to be on a high eye level piece for a lot of last season like early yeah. on last season i just didn't up, i I put it on, I had an old copy. I just put bracers on that were like low eye level, but nobody cares because they're bracers. 
Mm-hmm. And I just crafted other stuff that was more impactful than bracers. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's yeah, but we get the catch up gear, which is nice for probably alt season. People get an alt. So I got to get my new main leveled up. So I've been playing some disc priest recently, which has been fun. That sounds uh, terrible. Uh, I now I, I have gotten above the gear level that this stuff gives before it actually came out. Would have been nice to have though. That is, that is true. That is true. Across my characters, I probably have like 8,000 flight stones to Jesus. spend. Yeah, I definitely only have 2,000 because only ever going in on the main. Um, but cool. Um, awesome. Well, that's a little bit of catch-up gear in, in retail for you. Um, also, stay, sticking with retail and some fun things, there was some more, uh, we'll say, updates to Fearlath. How do you Fear-Lath. say the let- Fearlath. Yeah course legendary axe um so this is going in with the reset i believe it's this reset coming up correct if i'm yeah yeah so it's with no the actually reset. i think it's already in i think it's already in okay wait cool. maybe hang on I'm, i don't i believe they posted this after reset last week i think they posted it after reset and they said it's it's coming in the next reset yeah uh so uh, it actually doesn't say that those are going in with the next reset on the on the blue post okay so then maybe they're already in. And I can confirm it is now affected by haste. Gotcha. Uh, oh, yeah, they went very in on noticeable. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they went very in. noticeable. They went in on Tuesday. But yeah, so a couple things. They now um now mark of fire fear fearlath. God, dude, what is all what an awful thing. Um basically we'll apply to all secondary targets for obliterate. Um that's and a, also- so one of the things for context on this, only certain abilities apply mark of fearlath mm-hmm. in in aoe so for blood decay for example blood boil which hits all targets does not apply mark of fearlath um your only aoe way to apply it is uh heart strike mm-hmm. which is target capped at five while you're in death and decay and if you're not in death and decay it's target capped at two um oh. for frost decay uh obliterate is their way of applying Mark of Fearlath. Uh, well, okay, there's a couple ways, but basically Obliterate was only applying it to the primary target mm-hmm. because of the jank around Obliterate Cleave in in, in Death and Decay. Yeah. Um, so this is a fix that makes that apply to secondary targets of Obliterate in Death and Decay. But that's still target kept at like three or something. It's f- minor. It DK Cleave needs love. Oh my God. I think it's fine. You guys are you guys like are at least at least like blood decay has a bunch of buffs to make standing in, like death and decay in general worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, Frost decay, death and decay is terrible to play. It sucks. I hate it. I actually stopped playing frost and I just don't DPS and keys anymore on my DK because I hate death and decay so much it's on so frost. Funny. It's so bad, uh, and you literally can't AOE with a blue build without it. You, you actually can't. You don't have AOE abilities. That's so interesting. That's it's funny. dumb as hell. Um, anyway, uh, they also other changes. I already mentioned the haste thing. Yep. That's that's I think the biggest one. We talked about that. Was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before. Where like yeah, unhasted casts are just yeah. awful in general. Yeah. yeah. That may, makes it feel a lot nicer. That also uh, one of the things I'm doing. I mentioned this or talking about lords is you can put your whole uh, rage of Faralath channel into the boss on Tindril before he finishes 
his supernova cast, so he doesn't have the shield yet, but you have your 50% damage buff. Hasting it makes it a lot easier to get that in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was possible before, but you had to like only do that, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then they just like buffed the damage on both the dot and the active again. Hell yeah. I don't, whatever. I guess they want to move more damage to the active and less to the more. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they decreased. Decreased. You're right. I'm, I yeah. misremembered. Yeah. So they decreased mark, but increased rage. So, like, yeah. Weird. Yeah. I guess they're moving away from the, the dots. So, one thing that you will see if you are using details is that it merges the active and the passive components. Mm-hmm. Um, Warcraft Logs was doing this. That got fixed recently. Uh, so now the active and passive components are displayed separately. Yep. Um, hopefully, details will follow suit. Um, there is like a, you can put some code into the details, like configuration thing to make it unmerge them, which I've, I've done so I can actually see what my active is doing compared to the passive. And, uh, the active is really good. Nice. Yeah. It's really good. It is. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good weapon. The oranges yeah. should be, should be decent. Our, our rep paladin still does not have one. So we're still killing heroic fire every week. It's great. Yeah. Same. We, we went in this week. We got two legendaries last week. You know, one on me, one on alt. You know how many we saw this week? <laughs> Probably zero. Zero. <laughs> oh, God. Zero again. That's rough. That is rough. It's so bad. I hate this legendary system. Yeah. I, they, Need to do something. It's it's definitely annoying. Um, cool. All right, and maybe one, just a couple other things. I guess we can sort of all call this news. I sort of broke them up in the notes, but they're really all news. Doesn't matter. Um, so next up is there was a little bit of data mining, um, in uh, in WoW this week. The reigns of the Kokron Warwolf, which if you're not familiar with this mount, uh, was the mount given for ahead of the curve for basically killing. Garrosh Hellscream in Siege of Ogremar on, I guess at the time was heroic difficulty would essentially be mythic difficulty today. Um, was the was the mount reward for doing that, um, and they have now added a trader's tender cost to the mount. Um, looks to be a placeholder value, but potentially this mount's heading to the uh, the trader's vendor soon, um, which is cool. I will say it's. Uh, it's interesting that they put mounts like this out there. Because to be fair, I th- I feel like you can solo this today if you really wanted. You can't it. get. Oh no! I'm sorry. Ahead of the curve, you can't. Though. Yeah. Sorry. So this I, is I unlike other current, like other more recent mythic mounts. Yeah. Where you can go back and solo it, and it's like a one percent drop rate, like Invincible. Mm-hmm. But you can get it. So this is unique in that regard, and I guess other AOTC mounts technically come from a quest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can get those anymore. Um. Like I don't think you can get oh. the AOTC moose from from Archimond in uh, in Hellfire Citadel. Um, yeah, and sorry, just one correction. Ahead of the curve is actually the normal mode difficulty kill. Cutting edge is the heroic slash mythic. So this was gotcha. actually just to kill normal mode Garish House Scream. Um, so yeah, so cool that they're bringing stuff like this back. Um, like I said, I think there's been enough time passed since Mist that like you really cared to get the mount at the time or if you have the mount like i don't think i don't know the last time i've mounted this one i will i dude i use the mythic garish mount all the time because it's the mechanical what is it scorpion oh yeah uh, yeah 
that's one of my favorite uh, metals. But now it's uh, bringing this back potentially. I guess it's data mine, so we don't know for sure. But potentially yeah. bringing them out to the traders tender, which I guess it you know set a little bit of a precedence for like these old achievement bound mounts for for being uh, potentially obtainable moving forward. Uh, so possibly a hot take here. Okay. Um, with the prevalence of sales, I don't mind if they put old mythic mounts on. The trading post right like we sold that is true hundreds of jane amounts mm-hmm. we sold a bunch of nizoth mounts um we did not sell any of the jailer mounts uh but we did sell some of the sylvanas mounts we have not done uh many sales this expansion uh mm-hmm. for like end boss mounts but we've sold other things um we sell aotcs like the these mounts are effectively already available for real money by just buying tokens. It's just really expensive. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind at all if they take, like, you already don't know if somebody, if you see somebody on, like, the the end boss mount, like the, the Xerath, whatever it's called, the one from the Jailer. You don't know right. if they actually killed the Jailer um, or if they just bought a run. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I, I... I would uh do I agree with you or not? Ugh. I, I mean I would say I probably agree with you at the end of the day. I probably am not happy about agreeing with you, but I'd say I'd, I'd probably agree with you. I still think like to me, just personally, mounts are the at least nowadays are the one thing that I think are just like show some sort of distinction. At least traditionally. I think with but you're right, with the prevalence of sales, like it's difficult to know. But to me, like mounts are always that thing that I chase. Yeah. Like I don't care about generally gear like yeah a fire act drops nothing i need i literally yeah. i do not care about what gear he drops all i care about is the mount right and like fair, in general fair. it's been like that like with most most end bosses by the time we get to them we're like so many purples anyway there's like yeah there's nothing i need off that guy um which is i guess a good thing bad thing but yeah so potentially we get the traders tender mount uh or sorry the this ahead of the curve mount um on the traders thing, which maybe coincides with this pandemonium thing that's coming up from a yeah. uh, from a uh, what was it called? What are those things called? Roadmap perspective. Excuse me. Yes. Um, cool. A couple other quick, quick, quick. I guess note on that. Oh, this mount. Um, okay. When did Siege of Orkmar get released? Two thousand nine. 2000, not 2009. That's more Wrath era. Uh, 2013. Oh, it's that much later. Wow. So yeah. it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. Um, yeah. And I think that's the other there. thing here. Like, if they were to put the current Mythic mount on the trading post, I think that would kind of suck. But if you're going to put a 10-year-old Mythic mount on there, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Go nuts. I would actually, you know what? Now that you think, now that you say, mention it that way, yeah. Dude, throw it up there. But you know what? Make, make tendies, make, make it so you can buy them with real money. No, don't do that. Yeah, no, I love that idea. Let's just go no. all in. Let's just go all in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, God, wow, I haven't been like 2013. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Wild. Um, all right. Well, then, uh, next up in terms of news, at least a little bit of news, and we kind of quickly go through these, and then I do want to talk about one Miss Weaver thing at the end. Yep. Um, we did see on the vendor, uh, vendor CDNs, uh, patch 10 to 6, an encrypted version. 
um, hit the vendor servers. So typically, if you're not familiar with the way WoW releases stuff, these vendor uh, servers typically get the next patch a couple weeks before we see PTR, um, which just means 10 to 6 PTR is close, which means we will maybe get an understanding of what the skull and crossbones flag on it means. Um, still think it's going to be pirate stuff. but They could just drop the patch on live without actually PTR testing it. That's also an option. I feel like probably not the best option given a lot of they've the... been. <laughs> I mean, they've been playing more and more with that recently, right? Like Season of Discovery didn't have a PTR. It's not having a PTR for No More Again. Um, That's true. That's true. Maybe they do it for this because it is this a similar idea of like no one knows what it is. It's not really being announced feature wise. So yeah, but um, but yeah, we'll see. So hopefully more ten to six news in the next couple next week or two. So we don't have to cobble together some sort of show next week on <laughs> what our favorite broccoli is. Um, <laughs> broccoli sucks. There is no favorite broccoli. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, right. <laughs> also this week, there was a bunch of uh, nerfs to uh, Rise. So I guess Morozan's Mer- Mer- Rise? Oh, I yep. cannot pronounce things. Um, so a bunch of nerfs across the board to trash, to bosses. So uh, trash around the tier uh, tiers area um, basically had health reduction and um, also a little bit of reduction in the abilities that they cast, the timing of them, so more time between them. Um, tier, um, that boss itself uh, had its radiant barrier shield decreased by 15%, um, which is good. It just makes uh, the boss a little bit shorter. Yeah, slightly shorter. Um in Time Lost Battlefield, which is the, I guess, the Battlefield boss, uh, where you yeah, kill a bunch of ads. Yeah. Um, the boss now moves 50% slower while they're blade storming, uh, which is good, lets you get out of range of it. Although, to be completely fair, if you're a melee in a lot of the groups I'm in, you're just chasing the boss anyway um, and not caring. <laughs> this, what, one of the things this does is, um, so they, they nerfed that. They nerfed the, uh, the boss gets stacks when he kills one of the golden like friendly npcs mm-hmm. of this buff and the, every time he like auto attacks with the buff it consumes one and it does damage to the group there are basically two ways that people int this boss one is by pointing a frontal down down mid and just like giving the boss 10 stacks which Whoa is a great that. way to wipe to this boss Whoa um, that. uh the other way is somebody like getting the blade storm chasing them and then just yeeting away just just zooming off and uh you say run away like this makes it easier way to run away from you're right this also limits the damage that an idiot zooming around at 200 percent movement speed can do by kiting the boss through the the friendly ads that is true actually that is true um but yeah, nerfs, nerfs definitely nerfs the time loss battlefield, which is solid. Actually, also that that buff was reduced, had its damage reduced by twenty percent. Yeah. So yep. the thirst for battle, or I guess battle sense, is is the uh, alliance version of the buff, um, or for the alliance NPC, the original buff. Um, and then also Chrono Lord Dios, uh, which is the final boss, right? Had yep. their breath uh, initial damage reduced and periodic damage reduced, which this is, is huge. Cat. That's very yeah. Nice. Which is oh my god! I'm doing this. This. Is, this is a sneaky prot warrior buff. Oh, it's so great for prot. Yeah. Um, and then also coronal burn, uh, which is the uh, spell dot that the ads put out, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then infinite blast, which I think is just an ad blast. Yeah, the ads just cast it. Yeah. So. 
Uh, nerfs all around for uh, Marazan's Rise. Um, so if you still need items from... I don't, what item drops in Rise? Uh, that one has all of the weapons that drop from uh, Dawn of the Infinite, drop from that boss. Uh, so specifically Iridol, I think. Yes, they're right, the staff. Um, yeah, because the pants... I was trying to remember what I farmed, but the pants are in fall. They're, yeah. they're off the front half. So. Yeah. Um, but cool, some good nerfs to that boss. The, the final boss, I think that frontal, yeah, if you were a pro warrior, was just hell on earth to, to deal with. So, yeah. Um, so cool. And then with the last 10 minutes, do you want to talk a little bit about. Um, so, Wowhead has been putting out uh, over the. Uh, uh, over the. Um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, essentially retrospectives and look aheads from a Dragonfly perspective by spec. And so today we got the Mistweaver uh, sort of retrospective and um, and wish list essentially uh, for War Within. And so June, the the writer over at Wowhead for Mistweaver, uh, did a great job from a write up perspective. Um, I, to be fair, I haven't uh, literally only read the Mistweaver one, so like I have zero context of like what the other yeah. ones look like, and maybe they're as good. But I think uh, June does a great job in terms of just overhauling or going through in say fairly succinct fashion, you know how Dragonflight has gone for Miss Weaver uh, and then sort of does a good job about the look of head of, okay, what do we want to see in War Within, um, particularly from the hero talents and, and those type of things. So, um, so yeah, it's a really good write-up. I, I mean, um, from my point of view, I think in all of the points that June brings up, um, I think pretty much in lockstep agreement with, with you know, the way that they've described things and, and what they've sort of um, tried to convey to the team. I mean, my own wish list, right, sort of falls a lot in line with this and that, like, whenever we talk, I, I think Dragonflight in general as an expansion for Mistweaver has been the best expansion for Mistweaver since MOP. See, yeah, since MOP. <laughs> or WAD. I mean, WAD was also really good, too. But, like, yeah. literally since the Legion rework, um, it's been probably one of the best. And it's been, I'd say, also one of the most varied in terms of what play styles have been good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you, we started out with you know, just a play style that's centered around invoke uh, GG and, and a lot of, you know, um, leveraging a lot of melee abilities for mana cost reduction and things like that. And then as we moved into season two and Avarice, um, you know, there was this whole like ramping, uh, renewing mist play style, right? Yeah. Um, and you still leverage, you know, rising mist and, and some of your melee abilities there. And now in season three, we have this sort of no... Primarily caster build, right? Yeah, like super cast. You don't even need to be in melee. Like, to be fair, like, I forget sometimes to hit the boss to put up the debuff. Um, let's don't tell my <laughs> Rayleigh that. Um, uh. And so, like, I think it's been it's been interesting to see the variance. Now, whether you like each of those play styles, that's, I think, a debate that you can have, personal yeah. preference piece of it. But at least from my perspective, it's been really cool to have uh, the varying play styles that didn't center around like i mean the legion play style was like how much can i hit essence font and still have mana by the end of the fight right and like yeah. only using vivify when i get you know an, a proc or whatever whatever i forget yeah. the name of the proc so no i think it's been really good i think the the talent trees have been awesome for misweaver in general i'm excited to see what they do with hero trees um i think jude makes a pretty good point of like potentially the hero trees center on one's the more caster focused type buffs to it and one is more right. like a chiji you know, melee um, damage buff to it. So um, I think the only thing, if you were primarily a Mythic Plus player as a Mistweaver, your play style generally has not changed, right? You're still playing um, Feyline. Yeah, you're still playing Feyline. You're still playing Invoke, right? So there's a yeah. little bit of potential staleness there uh, in terms of like if you don't, you know, 
enjoy that play style or, you know, aren't having fun there. It's the, the more caster focused, you know, clouded focused type play style has not been as great. Yeah. Um, and I do think the changes they made going into season three about, you know, putting a penalty on renewing, like using Vivify when you're renewing Mr. Greater than five kind of hurts a little bit of Mistweaver. It was nice to sort of see a bunch of renewing Mists on the raid and sort of doing a bunch of healing, but I understand why. Time, yeah. <laughs> I understand why it can get slightly out of control, particularly if you high roll like your dancing miss procs, which is the, yeah. the one that'll duplicate the duplicate the renewing miss. Yeah, itself, that's so. definitely I think every time that Mistweaver has reached truly broken levels of power since Legion has been when you can get enough renewing miss out that the Vivify Cleave just erases damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. June mentions that like there was that brief period in uh with corruption at the start yeah. of what was that raid the uh, uh, Zoth raid. Yeah, Nihilotha. Uh, there we go. Nihilotha. Yeah. Um. Where yeah, corruption, haste corruption, just was amazing for us and rising mist there. So no, I mean it's a it's an honestly it's a great read. Um. Like I said, I think they're doing these. I don't think I know. Why should I say think? I know they're doing these for every spec out there. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering where. The Windwalker or Brewmaster Monk was, or some other spec that you play, um, just be on the lookout because they will definitely be out there. Um, but yeah, this is a really good read from a Mistweaver point of view. Has a lot of really cool points in it, and yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's a little bit of a catch twenty, or not a catch, but a a, a conundrum I'll say for myself in that I don't enjoy healing right now, but yeah. I enjoy the like I enjoy the fact that Mistweaver is is good basically like it's finally good yeah it's finally not an absolute hell class to play yeah the problem is it's just (laughs) healing in this game right now is extremely frustrating for me so i wouldn't matter what class i was healing on i probably wouldn't be enjoying myself so personally um yeah that's um you mentioned like talent's not really changing for mythic plus that's something mm -hmm. i think brewmaster that we'll see um when that gets posted is commentary on the relatively limited changes to the brewmaster playstyle. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing that has changed is just like when all of our abilities got buffed basically in um in season 2 to compensate for the nerf to the onyx analyt um the uh return of the blackout combo playstyle uh, in mm-hmm. raid is like basically the only playstyle change we've had this expansion. Technically, press the advantage is also a playstyle change. Practically, whether you played that or not is um, there's a lot of people who just haven't touched it, and there's also a lot of people. I mean, even if you have touched it, it's just not that big of a change. It's just like you skip your filler buttons. Basically, you don't have filler buttons anymore. So it, it plays a yeah. lot like the original revision of Brewmaster in in Dragonflight, where you just in in Mythic Plus, especially where more people play Press the Advantage, you just don't push Tiger Palm mm-hmm. very much. So it removes that button, it removes one of your cooldowns, and that's it. Gotcha. So yeah, so it's yeah. not yeah, it's not that significant. Yeah, not wildly um, different. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's I think that that is that's rough. I'll say like if you. Um, yeah, if like you're if you're play like if you're if you're playing a very consistent play style across an expansion, it can either be a great thing or a bad thing, I guess. Like yeah. if if you're changing every patch, maybe that's not the best thing. But at the same time, like yeah, having almost zero variation 
like over yeah. the course of an expansion is just it's it's definitely rough so yeah, um, i mean like we changed like it was around halfway through everest like we uh killed the night we killed magmarex is right after uh that change went through um and like i switched from playing the old build to doing black heart combo tiger palm it was like the second person to be doing that basically i think nish brew from the discord was the first person posted about it and i was like oh that seems good i'm gonna try it and it it works really well um and um so it was like actually more or less halfway through the expansion but it has been extremely consistent since then gotcha lots i mean i guess there are some some at least some good yeah. points we'll say like it's yeah. not it's not all bad for for brewmaster so yeah no, yeah. I mean, I will say that I miss it's. It's been an. It's been a great refresher, refreshing for this expansion because there is a section that that June goes into around like borrowed power, right? Yeah. And looking back at like what we've had over the past couple of expansions, it's covenants are just so funny because like <laughs> as a misweaver in like season two, like you literally hit fallen order and then essence font, and then that was it. Like what you mm-hmm. hit, what everything else you hit was just like I need to use mana so it looks like I'm trying to heal, but like. <laughs> you hit those two buttons like you were yeah. perfectly fine yeah um so yeah i mean i think it's a i think it, it's honestly a great article i think these are cool articles that that i think yeah of all the you know people kind of i think sometimes clown on wowhead in terms of like a lot of their content ends up being trying just to push clicks to the site which is one side of the business mm-hmm. part of running a website like this but i think yep in terms of content this is a, this is really good uh definitely take the time to to read through it because i think at least the mystery one, I think, was really was really solidly put together, and I feel like probably yeah. need to read some of the other healer. I don't know if the, this might be the first healer one out. I don't think I saw another one. Let me look. Uh, there's uh, a there's, there's, Druid is out. There's uh, a Resto, Resto Shaman is out. Resto Shaman one would be an interesting read because they yeah. have not had the greatest expansion. Who wrote the rest? Oh, the end. Okay, <laughs> that one might just be like <laughs> Resto Shaman needs a ton of buffs. <laughs> it's notorious for being like this class is all at the very at the very top of it they have a quick disclaimer a lot of this might sound overly negative but the spec has come quite a long way over the course of dragonflight uh (laughs) (laughs) however in order to keep this as short as i can i'm mostly looking at things that still need changing that's good that's a uh that's a good disclaimer to keep at the top of the rest of shaman one that'll be fun yeah um but cool, yeah. I guess maybe I'll read these other healer ones see if they're as uh, yeah. as interesting. But um, I, I gave the uh, Frost Decay and Augmentation Evoker ones a read. The Augmentation nice. one is uh, is very interesting, talking about the differences between the autopilot versus spreadsheet and the intense amount of spreadsheeting required for the spreadsheet one. Yeah, um, that's one of the Huawei maintainers uh, primarily works on Augmentation Evoker, and like they have a note generating thing for oh, Augmentation. Oh, really? It's like there's a couple of these. There's this one. There's another site that does note generation for augmentation evoker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really silly the level of like and like these these sites are trying to make it more the spreadsheet playstyle more accessible. Yeah, which is good. But the gap between the autopilot and the spreadsheet playstyle basically means that if you're playing autopilot, you may as well actually like not literally AFK, but you're not doing good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to yeah from my from my experience you need to know who you're buffing when you're buffing how you're buffing and then like understanding other yeah. classes like when they're getting ready to yeah to uh to pump and stuff like that yeah interesting maybe i'll read that one that will be yeah let's feel let's feel all feel bad for the augmentation evoker yeah, yeah. Seems... 
And if you want to uh, deeper dive into why Frosty K AOE in Mythic Plus is a pain in the ass to play, very annoying. <laughs> the Frosty K one is also a good explanation of that. So you know, if, if you want to, nice. if you want some insight into that, so it's there. Uh, I want to. I, I I like playing Obliterate. I do not like Death and Decay. Gotcha. It's very frustrating. Anyway, I think that is going to bring us to the end of the show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over at the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to learn about new meta builds before they're the meta builds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So come hang out. Just, you know, lurk. Say hi. Bully Anomaly. Any of the above. (laughs) Um, good. (laughs) But that is going to be it for the show today. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye.